Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite and I am joined here in this Damascus studio what, with what my Damascus good studio? friend and brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. Hey everybody. Dan, it's so good to have you back. I know, I've taken a slight sabbatical from the show and I am excited to be back. Uh, Aaron, this show is going to be tremendous. We are going to talk about the power of young adult ministry. I think a lot of times we're we as uh, the Catholic Church are kind of scrambling to figure out how to reach the young adult church. And so uh, if you have a young adult or if you are a young adult or if you care about the young adult church, this show is for you, friends. So, Aaron, why don't you start us in a I just, prayer? I just want to acknowledge then... the awkwardness of the phrase, if you have a young adult. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let's, here's my young adult. Picture now. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. We will. We will. We will pray, friends, <laughs> in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus, thank you for sharing the opportunity to minister to your church, your church that comes in all shapes and sizes. And Jesus, uh, we love you. We're blessed by every opportunity we have to minister to our children, to minister to uh, the young people in our schools, in our youth ministry programs, in our parishes. And Jesus, we, we, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to speak into the lives of young adults, uh, whether those be peers, whether those be children, whether those be grandchildren, um, whether they be friends or relatives. Uh, Jesus, we, we ask your, your blessing on uh, this entire audience today. And Jesus, we ask in a special way that you will pour out new grace and new fire into the hearts of young adults, young people everywhere that they could truly stand in their identity as having been created in your image and likeness and take up the charge, take up the torch of, of carrying your name to mm-hmm. the nations. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would see young adults as uh, the solution, not the problem. Mm-mm. I pray, Lord, we would see the young church as uh, the hope for the future, that we'd see in the young church uh, a concrete incarnation of the new evangelization and the new Pentecost that you are pouring out. Lord, do something today to renew our minds, to help us become a more effective church in reaching the young. Um, and Lord, help us <laughs> just be completely docile and open to you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Then you forgot to introduce the studio. Today. Yes, this is the illustrious Damascus <laughs> studio. You're getting it. You're yes. getting it. Now, friends, I've, I I just want I, I want to make a confession as we begin today's show. You may hear me throughout the course of today's show um, with a with a dramatic exertion of energy. Right <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a fly. There's a fly in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio, and it's killing me. Yeah. So I, it's luckily, all over the place. Luckily, I have a fly swatter. I will let you know when the fly's life has been extinguished. There, it will happen during this show. I just hope the fly swatter does not hit my coffee and spill everywhere. <laughs> so this is really exciting um, because if you've listened to Beyond Damascus before, you realize this is par for the course. If you haven't, you're probably confused as to why Aaron is talking about an illustrious studio oh, yeah, and right. why he is beating flies with fly swatters. Yes. Um, but we're just here to have fun. We believe uh, the, t- the name of the show, Beyond Damascus, is really 
rooted in a core belief that encounter leads to mission, right? Our good friend, St. Paul, who had an encounter with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, did not say, wow, that encounter was amazing, and I am so glad I am holier than everyone else now. I'm going to go on my merry way and do a life of holiness that's all about me. No, he was propelled into a life of mission, that when we encounter Jesus, it leads us, it propels us, it convicts us into a life of mission. And that is at the heart of what we want to talk about today. And Amen. so we want to talk about the the call to raise up young adults on mission, right? And um, Aaron, it would be very easy for us to go into a 10-minute saga about um, all the sad, weepy things about the young adult church, right? The numbers of young adults who are uh, increasingly agnostics and atheists and no longer professing Christianity, the number of young adults leaving the Catholic faith. Um, but instead of talking about problems, which we all know and recognize, in this show, we want to talk about solutions. Yeah. And, and so it's going to be really exciting. Um, we have brought on a guest for this show. Would you like to introduce her, Aaron? Well, friends, as you know, Dan and myself, we are executive directors here at a place called Damascus. We're in Centerburg, Ohio. And Dan, as you were indicating that we're looking for solutions today, I believe that one of the greatest solutions that I've ever seen uh, in terms of of what God's plan is truly for young adults to actively engage in His churches, it's something we're seeing on display right here. Uh, we have a we have a missionary program here at Damascus. We've got forty six young adults that are that that have that have given two years of their lives to being with us in full time missionary formation uh, on mission, seeing seeing that formation lived out in uh, in service to young people through retreats and through conferences year round. And uh, many of those uh, young adult missionaries who have graduated from our program have gone on to serve with us or with the local church or back at their home, you know, in their home diocese. Uh, and and a, a select few have stayed to serve as mission staff. And Miss Abby Smith is one of those select few. So let's <laughs> let's welcome Abby Smith to the show today. Thanks, Abby, for joining us. Yeah, yeah thank you guys for having me. It's good so, to be here. So, Abby, you, you, you were a camper with us at Catholic Youth Summer Camp for yes. many years, and then you are a graduate of our missionary program here at Damascus, and now you are you are officially a young adult on mission. Well, wow. guys, sure. we yes, have you could call it that. a young adult in our <laughs> studio right now. A fine Let- specimen. <laughs> hey, Dan's young adult. So, no. so she's our missionary recruiter. Our missionary program has grown leaps and bounds the last few years. Uh, mm-hmm. In like 2016, we had four full-time missionaries. Now we have how many? About 50? 48. Yeah, 48 this year. full-time 48. 48. missionaries. That's, That's awesome. amazing. And then how many summer missionaries are we striving to uh, bring into mission this summer? So this summer, we are looking at 160 to 180, potentially for on-site, um, and then looking at maybe pulling a couple more mm. for, for other off-site options as well. Oh, man. So it's going to be a summer of fire. Um, yeah. So that's really exciting. I want to start the show by simply talking about this. This may blow some of our minds, so get ready for your head to explode oh, wow. if you're driving in the car. Wow. This that could be dangerous. Could be dangerous. Yeah, messy. buckle up. Um, Jesus was a youth uh, minister, and Jesus was a young adult minister. That oh. is that is what he was. That's and, hilarious. Um, Where did you get that? I've never heard that before. It's 100% true. So if you look at the Jewish um, rabbi system of leadership, a rabbi uh-huh 
I would um, recruit 13 through 30-year-olds, and those 13-year-olds would follow the rabbi until about the age of 30 when they would leave their rabbi and become a rabbi on their own. And so Jesus's disciples were not um, anything other than 13 through 30-year-olds. Actually, they say that John was the youngest disciple. He was probably 14 years old when he was called to follow Jesus. And Peter was the oldest, and he was probably 23 or 24 when he was called to follow Jesus. So if you want to know how the church was started... Jesus recruited 14-year-olds through 24-year-olds. He <laughs> ministered to them for three years. He empowered mm. them with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he mm. sent them into the world to become global transformational evangelists. And so imagine if they were 14 through 23, they were 17 through 27 or 26 when they were commissioned to transform the entire world and take the gospel to the nations. And so that's if amazing. we think think that the young church is not prepared in exactly what we need right now to transform cultures, we are sadly mistaken. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a youth and young adult minister. Amen? Amen. That's, Amen. That's, so that's, that's what rabbis good. did, and that's what um, we are called to do as a church. And so I think as part of the church, we want to see that um, the young are not something we're called to simply minister to, but we are called to equip for mission. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of at the heart of what we want to talk about. That the the today that this show is about how do we equip the young church for mission? How do we um, bring the young church back into the church? I think if we have a great understanding of the church um, or the young, we'll start with that. Why don't we just talk about what are young adults hungry for? What are they looking for? And how is the church the solution to that? Um, so, Abby, Aaron, why don't you guys share a little bit, maybe that question. What do you think young adults are hungry for and looking for in our culture today? Mm. Mm. Well, Dan, speaking as the resident young adult yeah, here today. Abby, yeah, Abby, uh, no, yeah. You know, I, 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 I have issue with this. I know. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm 35 years old. All right? <laughs> I want to know at what point will I like, because I still classify myself or feel like a young adult. At what yeah. point will I be like, oh, shoot. I am no longer a young adult. I know that maybe some of the 19, 20 year olds here don't feel me as a young adult. We're planning a young adult (laughs) event here on the calendar in the next couple months. And uh, I've, I've just, I've overheard conversations (laughs) among our staff being like, you know, we've got to have the cutoff for participation in this event be like, we don't want any 35 year olds here. Do you know what it is? (laughs) It would destroy the environment. Have you, have you guys heard what the cutoff is? It's it's 35. It's 28. 28? Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? So I am truly middle age at this point. Man, you are over the hill. Well, I guess if we're talking about Jesus's form of young adult ministry, 28, they were already commissioned and out in the world (laughs) doing their thing. That's great. All right. So what are the residential young young adults feeling these days, Abby? Yeah. So to to bring back to your original question, Dan, um, I've actually, this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently in light of our missionary applications opening once mm. again this morning, actually. Um, just thinking about that that process and what it was like for me to discern being a missionary, becoming a missionary. And I just remember that um, right out of high school, right, when I was a young adult before I started with Damascus, I had a, a moment of encounter with the Lord that really changed the trajectory of my life. And the first response in my heart from that encounter with the Lord was a desire to give everything, a desire to, it was just like nothing else mattered anymore. I wanted to give all in some way to, to serve the Lord. And I think that for a lot of young people, 
right? Damascus seeks to awaken, empower, and equip. And that empower part is so important because once you are awakened in the faith, once you encounter the Lord, there's mm-hmm. all of these these desires that come up inside of you, right? Because what are we looking for? We're looking for purpose. Mm-hmm. We're looking for for something to give all of ourselves to. And so that that desire starts to well up and young people are searching to be empowered in that desire to to actually live out what it looks like to be a disciple, right? You were talking about Jesus's disciples and um, how they were commissioned into action. Um, and I, I really do think that, that that's what young people are looking for, whether they would have the words for it or the, the self-knowledge to say that. I think they're just looking to be empowered to live a life that actually changes lives and changes the world, right? Yeah, there's that hunger inside of them that's like, <clears throat> ma'am, I have my life in front of me and I want to do something with my life that matters. Yes. I want to do something with my life that that changes the world, that has an impact. And you see like this, the young adult culture across the nation, they're so loud laying their lives down for something, mm-hmm. right? And exactly. it's like, the, it's maybe it's their job that they just go all in for their job, or maybe it's their political passions. They go all in for that. Maybe whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's like, there's all of this fire, this passion inside of them. And they're like, I want to give it all. I want to give it all. I want to give it all. And so many of them are going to false gospels or maybe false teachers or false uh, outlets of giving it all because we as a church aren't giving them the platform to give it all. We're like Mm -hmm. actually kind of saying the opposite of like, well, guys, just kind of give us Sunday morning, right? Like just Mm -hmm. give us a little bit of time. Like, please come to this club. Uh, And like, we're almost afraid to say no, go all in and your life is going to be so fulfilled. Yeah. All in, all in is a great phrase. I, uh, so Dan, you, Dan and myself, maybe for any first time listeners, we were we were high school youth ministers for twelve years, and uh, we had a we had a shirt that our that our core team and our leadership team used to wear. It said "All In." Period. And it had a period. All In. Period. <laughs> and actually, period was important. important. I it was still, like mic drop. I still see. Uh, I still see. I still see individuals wearing that shirt from time to time. And uh, you know, as as I reflect on some of the most meaningful young adult formation moments that I experienced as a youth minister, it was in the times when when individuals responded to a call to a radical self-gift, right? To a radical gift of themselves. I mean, th- th- there's there's no greater area where where friendship can be formed, where strength can be uh, exhibited, where, where, where adventure can be had than by giving all. And if, if you, even if you follow, I mean, not that I'm a, not that I'm culturally, oh my gosh, the fly. <laughs> it's on the laptop. It's on Mike Pence's hair. Oh no. Oh man. Not, so not that, not that I am, not that I'm necessarily a cultural aficionado, right? But if you, if you see the, uh, the individuals that are being held up as influencers within the, the young adult population, it's, it's, it's individuals who are embracing a call to adventure, even a radical way of living. And um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of funny here in our missionary program, we've identified for a couple of years now that now more than ever, almost, it seems in history, uh, we are offering a product that seems to be in, a, in, in precise alignment with what it is that the young adult culture is actually desiring. Yeah. Well, I think that you, you guys mentioned different words like mission, adventure, all in living a life that changes lives that we want to 
the young church is hungry for transformation and yeah. and to do something. And you know, I think sometimes Aaron, the reason people don't go all in for their faith is because we don't present Jesus like he's the unbeatable King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Right? Uh, Aaron is really trying to get this fly. Wait, There's wait, actually wait, wait. two flies. There's and one of them. Oh, one did. fly now. <laughs> <laughs> Just one fly. He's got it. I'm going to protect my coffee cup here. <laughs> um, and so Lord. we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, the fly. The the second fly will be dead, and we're going to talk about how the church can form young adult communities that uh, bring young people in as opposed to getting young people to run away. So yeah. we're really excited. We're going to take a short back break. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And thanks for joining us. the break. He was a doctor of the church, a Carmelite, and one of the most famous mystics of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. John of the Cross wanted to help all Christians to become saints. One of his most important teachings was to encourage us all to learn how to love. Where there is no love, he said, put love, and you will find love. He died in 1591. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Is prayer powerful? St. Alphonsus Liguri put it this way, He who prays will be saved. He who does not pray, well, you get the point. Prayer can bring us salvation. It's the means of putting us into communion with God, and God can do all things. The more our will lines up with the will of God, the more powerful our prayers. And the simpler they become ultimately, be it done to me, Lord, according to thy word. That's the prayer God will always answer. Hello, and welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. So we are talking about the power of young adult ministry and how Jesus was a young adult minister and all of that good stuff. What else are we talking about, Dan? Uh, the fact that Aaron is an old adult and, uh, and, no, the, and flies. And the fly. We did not kill the fly during the break. We actually identified a second fly that still remains. There have been... Uh, so it's getting, it's getting wild uh, in today's show. Abby may end up dead by the end if she gets swatted in the face. Yeah, um, I'm the one that's going to survive. <laughs> that's true. Abby Smith is joining us. She is a for those of you who might be joining us here after the break, Abby is a member of our mission staff. She is our our missionary recruiter here on the Damascus mission staff. So we like before we talk uh, about Damascus, I just want to talk about the young adult church, right? And how we oh, as yeah. a Catholic church can uh, create environments that bring young adults in. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes the the risk that we face, or I guess a, a challenge that we face as church is a lot of times we think, okay, if we want to bring someone, if we want to get the young adults back, we need to start building programs that they come to, um, or events that they come to where we teach them the faith. And um, I think when you think about older generations, they loved clubs, right? You had like the Kiwanis Club, the Rotary Club. There was all these different kinds of clubs, whether uh, community clubs, church clubs. And a lot of times uh, people surrounded themselves or, uh, or identified themselves and their involvement in the church by the clubs that they were a part of. You know, we, we see that still in the church today. Knights of Columbus, St. Vincent de Paul Society, these incredible organizations that brought membership in that allowed them to grow and grow and grow. Mm. And a lot of times we see that the young adults aren't jumping into those kinds of membership opportunities. Um, 
And I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because they aren't interested in going in, but instead they're more interested in going out, right? So Aaron, you talked about this sense of adventure. Abby, you talked about a sense of purpose and mission. And that at the core of the young adult, they want to go out, right? (laughs) The young adult. The young adult. The young adult. Right? (laughs) And uh, actually, I think that's a great uh, point, Aaron. When... When we talk about this, I think it actually is the core of humanity and (laughs) and the core of the church, right? That the church by her very nature is meant to be missionary. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. when you look at the scope of young adult ministries, the ones that are just growing and blossoming are ones by their very nature are missionary. Mm. That Mm. they bring young young people together in order to send them off on mission. That they don't come together together. To be a dating club or to be a a time where they're just running away and running for the sake of running away, but they're actually coming together for the sake of mission. It's almost as if mission is core to the identity of the church. <laughs> core to the identity of the church. Evangelization <laughs> is the core of the church. Actually, uh, Pope Paul VI said the church exists in order to evangelize. And um, we as church, uh, when we create these groups of young adults, if we aren't bringing them in and calling them to mission, uh, a lot of times they'll just stifle and die. Yeah. You know, there's that image uh, that's, that's used frequently uh, in the context of, in the context of your own prayer life, right? That if, if you are receiving life-giving water, but you're not letting it flow out, that it becomes a stagnant pond, right? And uh, our, our, the call in our life is to be a river, not to be a a, a swamp. Yeah. And, um, that, that same thing can happen in, in a missionary program, in a youth group, in a Kiwanis club, whatever, you know, whatever you have in your young adult group, that if, if you if your purpose of your group is simply to bring people to your group, it, it, it's going to become stagnant. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to become a swamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're just self-serving. And then what happens is because you as a leader are self-serving to get people <clears throat> into your group, um, the people who come become self-serving and it becomes a consumer based, uh, menta- mentality of church as opposed yeah. to a mission based mentality of church. And a young person doesn't come to a consumer based thing and say, I want to give my whole life to this. I'm going to be all <laughs> in for this. Here's purpose. Instead, they just see a bunch of people who have become consumers and they, they're not attracted by that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we've talked about this before. You know, this is, I think this is the downfall. This can be a downfall of, of any youth ministry program. This can be the downfall of any parish, yeah. right? When we've, when we've convinced ourselves that, that the parish exists simply to be a, you know, a sacramental dispenser, uh, that, mm-hmm. that, that we run into trouble, that the parish all of a sudden loses mission and identity and charism and life. Mm-hmm. I was a youth minister at a parish in downtown Columbus for a long time. And we didn't have a young adult club and people would come and say, well, where do young adults get involved? And I said, in the church. And so I said, let's get the young adults to serve on the youth ministry program. Let's get them involved in the choir. Let's get them involved in our pro-life 
organization. And mm-hmm. what happened was we had a really lively young adult community in the parish, extremely lively young adults. It wasn't like no one was there. They were packed. Like we had lots of young adults, but there wasn't a young adult club. It was actually, they were on mission together. They were either serving the youth ministry program. They were serving the pro-life yeah. group. They were, they would form a, a evangelization clubs where they would go out and it was mission oriented <laughs> as opposed to because you're a young adult, you belong here, right? No, because it's got to be affirming of your dignity as a human person as well. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I, so I think there's so much power in that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Abby, what have you seen when you are out there talking to young adults? Like what it, when they ask you questions, what are they asking? Does that make sense? Um, about serving as a missionary specifically or just... Yeah, like what know. is it that they're looking for and what are they going... Like what's going on in their mind when it comes to like what they want to do with their time. Cause we ask a lot of our missionaries, mm-hmm. right? We're like, okay, Hey, give two years of your life. Right. And, yeah. um, what is that? Uh, what gets them to the point where they want to take that kind what's of a job? The, what's the appeal there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I think it, it goes back to what I was saying previously, right? That, that there is a, an innate desire within ourselves to give of ourselves. And mm. I don't think that that's by accident. And I think it's interesting when we talk about, um, the church being the the supplier of sacraments, right? That that we we come for the sacraments and we receive. Because if you even look at the the setup of the mass, what is the mass? It's the source and the summit of our faith, right? It's where we come to receive so that we can be commissioned to go out and to preach the gospel to all nations, mm-hmm. right? And so even in the the very DNA of our church is is written this idea of coming in, being brought in to receive, to be empowered, to be built up. And then going out to be on mission, mm. right? And I think that that's the the issue with a lot of the clubs or the gatherings or things that we see is that it's not actually commissioning, right? It's it's like you were saying that that people come in, and it's a lot of the times that people want someone to come to a program, right? Or they want attendance, or they want people to be there, but it's not actually outward facing. And when we talk about what what young adults want, what the young church wants, I really think it's just that is that they want to be commissioned they want to be sent out but they don't want to do it alone yeah right nobody wants to do it alone yeah and so the the issue that we see is that a lot of you know young adults on college campuses or or across the nation wherever they are they just feel so alone in Mm -hmm. it sometimes right that they have these experiences where they encounter jesus they want to give everything but then nobody else is giving everything Mm -hmm. and so what do you do then right yeah, and you know, that's a big thing that we talk about, how community flows forth from mission, mm-hmm. that um, if you try to just start a, a membership or a club, um, the there's not there's not a, a real true friendship that's able to be formed, right? And um, But real friendship is formed through mission. Yes. Uh, yes. C.S. Lewis talks about how friendship love is a unique kind of love, different than Eros love, right? Eros, he, he gives us imagery of Eros love is two people looking eye to eye at one another. But friendship love is two people look, standing side by side, looking at a common vision. Mm-hmm. And like you, you imagine like the military, right? Like sometimes military groups become the deepest form of friendship and community because they're side by side for a noble purpose. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you have the church's mission of transforming human culture and you stand side by side, for that noble purpose, deep friendship and community mm-hmm. is formed and yeah. fostered. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring up the military, Dan, because I 
um, have some family members who are in the military. And yeah, I, no, explain this because this is <laughs> insane. So you may not know this, but Abby Smith is, <laughs> is, is, is her family is an anomaly in the church. I mean, in the world, it's pretty crazy. So, um, two of my, my older brothers are Navy SEALs. In fact, two and, Navy SEALs in yes. one family. That is insane. And, um, I, <laughs> Amazing. It, it's, it's interesting because the, the ethos, right? The mission statement of the life of a Navy SEAL is, is that they're all in, it's actually really beautiful. They have like an entire, like a, a written anthem or creed, if you mm. will, that, that says that they are all in no matter what, even until death, right? It almost sounds like marriage vows even. And I had a, a conversation with one of them about a year ago where we were just talking about the, the similarities of our, our jobs really. Oh, wow. And how, yeah. um, really the the only difference is that one is a much more physical thing while the other is is leading souls to salvation right that that there's there's a a body of missionaries and a body of soldiers who are ultimately fighting in this fight for a a good right yeah. whether it's the salvation of people physically or whether it's the salvation of souls yep they're in this in mm. this war and they're fighting and Ultimately, it's yeah that they're they're in it together and they're in it until death, right? That yeah. they're willing to go to the furthest extremes, and it sounds quite similar to someone we know, right? That yeah. that Jesus was willing to to go even to the darkest places, even to the to the furthest reach to save one soul, yeah. and that's the kind of the kind of heart and the passion that I think young people are are looking for. Yeah, I love that. I remember I was talking to someone um, at one point, and he said. Yeah, he was an older gentleman. He said, I remember when I was your age, I really thought I could change the world. And then I got older and I realized that was impossible. And I was mm. kind of shocked by his words. And I said, <laughs> Get away from me, you I said, you know what? I hope I never feel that way. Yeah. And um, because I think that is like when you think about the gift that the young church is to the older church. It reminds us of who we are called to be. The young church Amen. should remind you, uh, older generation, look to them and say, this is what Jesus wants from me. Yes. He wants me to be recklessly on mission, willing yeah. to give my life and having that conviction that I can change the world. Because if we don't believe that Jesus Christ and his disciples, empowered by the Holy Spirit, can't change the world, we're not cheapening ourselves. We're actually cheapening his Holy Spirit. Yeah. We're saying that mm -hmm. he doesn't have the power to change the world. Yeah. And there's probably a reason that those 12 wild, reckless apostles were willing to, after they received the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, mm -hmm. then get like pulled in front of the Sanhedrin in Acts 4, and they say, if you keep preaching in Jesus's name, we're going to throw you in prison and kill you. They go back to the upper room and they pray, and they're like, should we keep doing this? Yes, we're yes. going to keep doing it, because we're willing to go all in no matter what. And the church will never succeed mm. in the modern era if we don't have people who are willing to go all in, young exactly. and old alike. Everything, everything, everything is what we need to give. That's awesome. You know, uh, Dan, I don't, I don't know where this is in terms of Catholic theology. Uh, this is probably St. Thomas Aquinas or something. But when we talk about the, the, the age of our resurrected body, like that, that there's something about, about that, about that young adult life that like this is, this is actually this, when, when, when we want to minister like Jesus ministered, well, you know, those words that you mentioned at the beginning of the show, like we need to, I want to build my life after a group of young adults who are on mission. Yeah. Right. When I get to heaven, I'm going to enjoy a resurrected body. What does it look like? Well, it looks like young adults on mission, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That, that, that this is, this is truly uh, that this young adult generation 
you know, whether, whether you're younger looking forward, whether you're, whether you're a young adult now looking at your peer group, whether you're older looking back, like this is, this is a, an area of our church, a demographic of our church that we need to allow our hearts to be moved and motivated for. Um, and, and even to follow, I mean, as, as we follow in the example of Jesus, we follow in the example of a young adult minister ministering yeah. to ministering to a young church. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so you may be listening and saying, well, they're attacking, well, the church clubs that we have and I, <laughs> or, I, or all the old people. Yeah. <laughs> no, and what I want to, what I want to suggest is actually what your parish is doing right now is probably exactly what you need to do. You just need to rebrand. So, and what do I mean by that? Um, if we don't, if young adults aren't attracted to membership, but they're attracted to mission, then instead of seeking membership, just promote the mission. I think of things like mm. the Knights of Columbus, which uh, has a huge membership, but also has one of the most compelling worldwide missions around. That did you know? I, I didn't know this until just recently. The Knights of Columbus have more volunteer hours globally than any other organization in the world. That's wow. that's something to talk about, right? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And that's... so, like, that's an exciting, like, holy smokes! There are Knights of Columbus all over the world giving more of themselves than any other organization in the world. Let's let's join that mission. And what do the Knights of Columbus do? They promote family life. They promote uh, the end of abortion. They promote like the service organizations in their parish. Like they're all about mission. Yeah. We just have to brand it that way. Or St. Vincent de Paul Society. Mm. Yes, St. Vincent de Paul, when he was alive, he served on the streets of the poorest street in Paris, and now that street in parish is the richest, wealthiest street in parish. The St. Vincent's life turned the poor into the rich, right? And mm. that can be our call, that, that we want to be a church that goes on mission and serves the poor in our local community and blesses mm. them, right? That if we just understand that we're, we as a church <clears throat> call young people into the mission that we're already doing, they're going to get compelled by that, and they'll join along. But we can't simply say, hey, come along and do what we've always done. We also have to give power and authority away. We have to give leadership Mm -hmm. away. Abby, earlier you used the word empower. And I've been stressing this lately that the word empower means to give power away. And when Jesus empowered his disciples, he didn't say, I'm your leader, you have to stay behind me forever. Instead, he said, "I'm. you're going to surpass me. In John 14, 12, he says, you'll not only accomplish the works that I did, but greater works than these. Yeah. And then he gives them his very own power, the power of the Holy Spirit. He empowers them. He gives power away. In Matthew 28, he says, you know, like, uh, all power, all authority has been given to me. Now you go and make disciples of yep. all nations. That he mm-hmm. actually gives power and authority away to them And that's our call. Like, if it's the same group of people who have been running the parish ministry for 30 years, that may be the reason it's not growing because we have to give power and leadership away Mm -hmm. to allow new people to bring fresh ideas and new creativity and reach out beyond us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A big shift for that, I think, is, you know, uh, caveat I'm only 35 years old, right? But a big shift in that has happened in in my mind in the last couple of years, just in words that other leaders who I respect and look up to have have spoken into me mm. that uh, the, the 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 role of a true leader, if we believe that church is family, is to engage in a relationship where where I am fathering children, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And I, you know, I I would be I would be a bad father to my own natural children, if my desire was that they would 
only ever achieve, you know, maybe close to what I have, but, but never, but sur- never, never surpass my achievements. <laughs> I mean, yeah. God forbid. I've right? got to be better than you, kid. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, that, no, of course not. A, a, a parent's, a parent's primary motivation in this world is, is to, whether it's spiritual, whether it's material, right? That, that, you know, this is a, I think it's a natural law almost that the, the job of a parent is to propel their child to a place where they surpass them in greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in ministry that that's so often very challenging because uh, why? I, I think it boils down to the fact that in ministry, often we place our identity in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. It, it comes, it comes from a place where we believe that we are who we are because of what we do. And that, that, that some, you know, as opposed to, let me paint a different picture where when we know who we are, that we can then do incredible things, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So our doing actually flows from a fruit of who we are, as opposed to trying to earn our way into some kind of grace or position or achievement based on what it is that we're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that can come, and that can come even in the context of a, of a, of a church ministry. I mean, yes. the yeah. classic example of the Pharisees, right? That's a, it's a Pharisaical mindset that says that I I am who I am. I have what I have because of the fact that I've done great things. If that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe my words are preventing this from being something that can actually strike to the heart, but ask, ask yourself, you know, what areas of my life am I judging my effectiveness as an individual based on what it is that I can accomplish? Mm-hmm. Mm. If, if those areas exist, then that's indication that I'm going to be unwilling to let that go. Yeah. Right, mm. and I'm not going to be able to 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 father people, to to mother people into a place of of success and accomplishment there, because I'm always going to be driven by competition. Yeah, because yes. I want to do it because that's where I find my worth and value. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. but a true ministry leader raises up ministry leaders. Yeah. They get out of the way, and that's what Jesus. It's so interesting when you watch and when you read the Gospels. It's like Jesus was teaching his apostles, his young adults, how to do the ministry he was doing. Like he would, in fact, he, he would do it. He did that. <laughs> yeah, and then he commissioned them to go do the exact same things he did. He healed the sick. Then he said, "Go heal the sick." He cast out demons. He said, "Go cast out demons." And then they come back to him and they question. They're like, "Well, we were trying to cast out this demon, but it didn't. He didn't leave." And he's like, "Oh, that one can only be cast out by much prayer and fasting." He's coaching them. He's training them. He's raising them up as leaders. And yeah. That's our role as ministry leaders is to raise up leaders yeah. and to coach them and mm-hmm. to teach them and to train them, but to give them the authority to do it. Yeah. And one of the things we say is we want to commission our young adults, if you will, or we want to kind of form people with deployment in mind. Abby, what does that mean? When we say we want to form people with deployment in mind, what are we talking about? Right. So it's it's not necessarily that we're going to stay at Damascus forever, right? So it's it's really easy when you are serving in a place and you grow to love it and you grow to love the mission, you grow to love the the retreats and the kids that we get to serve. It's really easy to get in that same mindset that Aaron was just talking about of like, okay, this is, this is my identity. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And then you don't want to let go of it, right? It becomes mm-hmm. something that's hard to let go of because if you don't have that, then what do you have? Yeah, exactly. Right. But when you're actually living out a missionary lifestyle in the way that Jesus intended in a way that is empowered and and propels you into more then you actually desire to be deployed right you mm-hmm. know that you can't stay in the same place forever because there's so many more souls right there's so yeah. many more people that need what we have and what we have is Jesus and so when we talk about the deployment mindset really it's it's the idea that we're not all called to stay in this little 
bubble of ourselves forever, right? But that, that we have to go out into the world and not only that we have to, but that we should be aching to, if we've Mm. effectively taken on a missionary heart and we've effectively placed ourselves um, in a place of, of receiving Jesus's heart for the world, we can't just stay here forever because we actually know that there are so many more souls that are in need uh, uh, further away, right out yeah. there, wherever out there is, whether it's mm. another nation or whether it's somewhere in the U S um, there's, there's mission to be found everywhere. Yeah. That's so amazing. It's funny. Cause you brought the military analogy up earlier with your brothers and uh, you think about like a, an army that gets deployed, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they come together for the sake of deployment and they're trained for the sake of deployment. Yes. They, they're formed for the sake of deployment. It would be silly to, you know, <laughs> do all of that formation, all of that training, all of that, like, uh, brutal boot camp and then never go on mission right mm-hmm. like soldiers yeah. look yes. what i did <laughs> so yeah. cool. and, and but sometimes we fall into that trap as the church it's like we just want young adults to come back so that we can say the young adults came back if yes. that's our goal we've failed as church mm-hmm. like yeah. we are not meant to be a country club that serves members only we're a deployed army seeking to form the kingdom of god here on earth and mm-hmm. and so one of the reasons I think the young adults leave or they aren't coming back is because we're not we're not speaking to that part of them that wants to be formed for deployment. Mm. Yes. We're just like, please come home, please come home, please come home. Mm-hmm. If we would instead say, come back, we're gonna form you, we're gonna train you, we're gonna equip you so that when you go back into the workforce, you are the best freaking Christian the world's yes. ever seen, and you're gonna bring about the results you wanna see. And yeah. You're going to change the world. You're going to impact people's mm-hmm. lives. That's exciting. Yes. And I love the, also the idea that Aaron brought up of just the, the family structure, right? Mothering and fathering, because you think about the idea of parents, right? Raising a child for years and years and years. And right. We know that within our own society, like 18 is the marker, right? That's when deployment yeah. happens. And you look at the way that people respond to kids who who live in their parents' houses way after that age. It's mm-hmm. like they're scoring, like, what are you doing with your life? You know, there's no purpose there. And, and I just think it's interesting that that would be our response to a situation like that. Mm. When the, the purpose of the church, right, the purpose of bringing the young people back is to deploy them. I think it really puts it in, into perspective for us to mm. see that, man, like, why do we think about this one scenario in, in such a strong way. Mm-hmm. But when it happens in our own church, oh, that's, wow. that's like the, the right thing. That's yeah, what we want to happen, the, right? Yeah. We want lazy kids that don't yeah, go Yeah, it doesn't make out. sense. Yeah, wow, that's a bold word. It doesn't make sense. Um, so, Abby, are you <laughs> announcing that you're moving back home? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> Mom, Dad, Mom. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Prepare my room. <laughs> yeah, returning. that's wild. Yeah, we have to be. We have to cut off the umbilical cord yes. and, and let our young people. Mm. And I think, you know, is our Catholic education structured when they are growing up? Are we preparing them to be missionaries or are mm-hmm. we just trying to get them to stay? Yeah. And I wonder if actually sending them forth better would help them mm-hmm. stay better. Yeah. Or to retain information as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just about um, having all of the, the head knowledge of this faith that we profess, but it's about having taking on the heart of Jesus, right? yeah. which is what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. having a heart for mission. Yeah. So, so listeners, we've, we've been, we've been engaging in some, some healthy dialogue about what is the process of engaging young adults? What, what is the heart of a young adult truly desiring and how can we respond? 
as 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 church. So right after the break, we're gonna we're gonna come back and we're gonna be talking about some some direct application for those things. We'll, we'll kind of wrap it up with maybe maybe some pointers for how it is that we can truly respond to uh, the needs of uh, of a young adult community. We're gonna be introducing one of the works that Damascus is doing to help to respond to that need for young adults. Um, one that you can engage in and invite people to participate in. And then I, I was hoping we might be able to wrap up the show today with an intentional time of prayer and intercession and to ask the Lord to make our hearts more like his. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us again for Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. It's carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And we will see you right after this break. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. The blood of Jesus shed on the cross healed all our wounds. A lot of people say, well, I can do what I want. I can commit any sin. Jesus saved me. You can't be presumptuous. Holy God cannot allow you to sin or give you the right to sin by dying for you. That doesn't make any sense. For more information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com. Now, not only can you watch EWTN anywhere, but anytime with EWTN On Demand. Get on-demand access to more than 12,000 EWTN programs, including live shows and specials, all in one place, all free. Just go to EWTN.com forward slash On Demand. There's nothing to fill out, no memberships required, and no fees to pay. All you need is an internet connection, and you're good to go. EWTN On Demand. Fast, easy, and free. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Once again, we've got Abby Smith here, our resident young adult expert. <laughs> here Good I to am. have you here, young expert adult. and specimen. And uh, <laughs> we do exist. I feel so loved. Wow. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be wrapping up today's show uh, with with some some powerful directions. So this has been a great show. If you want to check it out on the rerun, uh, it would be it'd be worth a listen if you're just joining us in now. But to summarize things, Dan, why don't you why don't you summarize kind of where we are in terms of making recommendations if there are any for successful implementation in a young adult atmosphere. Yeah, that's great. So I think kind of if we summarize what we've been talking about, you could boil down to three things, right? You want to, oh, yeah. number one, rebrand your ministry with to focus on mission. So it's not focused on membership, it's focused on mission. And so what are you doing? What's your purpose? What's your vision? Where are you going? What are you sending people to? And when you rebrand your ministry focused on mission and not membership, young young people will be more attracted to it and they'll desire to come. Secondly, you want to raise up young leaders, right? And so if you are in leadership of a ministry or a mission, give leadership away and raise up, as Aaron mm. was talking about, father people or mother people, raise them up, empower them, give your power away and allow them to bring their creativity, their ideas, their ingenuity and guide them and coach them and form them yeah. along the way. Does that mean you're not a part of the program anymore? You are a more vital part of the person. <laughs> yeah program. The crazy thing is the more you give power away, the more power you have because you bring more people in. And so your leadership becomes more vital, right? Mm -hmm. And then lastly, 
Um, send people forth. Don't be afraid for when you're when you're fighting for membership, you're afraid for people to leave, right? Mm. But send people forth and whatever you're doing, if it's a teaching ministry, if it's a gathering ministry, if it's a, mi- a service ministry, whatever it is, send people forth on mission to bring more people in, to share the fruits of the world. But the more you deploy people, the more you send them forth, the more you form them to be outward focused and other centered, the more people they're going to bring your way a hundred percent of the time. And the more you form them to go forward when they have success, they're going to want to come back to get formed again. It's that army. I get deployed, but then I go back into my base camp to get built up, to get strengthened, to heal and recover so that I can get deployed again. So the deployed army always comes back to the base camp. But if it's all about the base camp and you don't send them forth, they'll fizzle out yeah. and, and mm-hmm. they'll leave you for sure. Yeah. So. so so consider those things. You know, we're, we're not the experts, but they, they did give us a radio show. So, <laughs> uh, you know. Who is they? <laughs> yeah, who is they? And do they know they did that? Who started this? <laughs> and where is that fly? Did so, they give you the fly swatter too? Yeah. <laughs> so, re, so rebrand, re, consider, rebrand for mission, Give give power and leadership away and send people forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abby, why don't, why don't you wrap us up? So we are we're making effort here at Damascus to actually mm-hmm. enable that to happen in a powerful way. We talked about um, the necessity of empowering young leaders. And why don't you why don't you share kind of the next big thing on our plate? Yeah. So speaking of the the base camp that Dan was talking about, it's. These are really questions that our missionary program department here at Damascus has been asking ourselves for quite some time, right? It's a strange season for everyone. How do we best meet the young people where they are at and empower them into mission? Well, it's precisely through that word, right? So we are going to be hosting our very first ever Damascus Young Adult Conference this winter, which is very exciting. Big, big news. Um, And the conference will be named the Empower Conference. And so it's all about that, right? Mm. It's about drawing the young people in, bringing them into a place where they can discover what they're searching for, right? That sense of mission. They can be empowered to actually live it out. And then they can be sent Mm. forth, not by themselves, but with their friends, with their university, um, with their, their community to live a life that is is worthy of the call they've received. Yeah, and yeah. So it's a young adult conference. When is it, Abby? It's going to be December thirty first through January third. Wow, year. that sounds yes. amazing. Are we gonna have the best New Year's Eve party <laughs> ever? It's gonna it's gonna be something. <laughs> it is gonna be incredible. So that's amazing. So if you are um, a young adult, or if you know people who are young adults, we want to just shout at the rooftops to check this conference out. Yes. Abby, if people were like, "Wow, I really want to find out more of how." I can get empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Where would they go to find out more? So they would go to damascus.net slash empower. So that is our website that launched this morning for the conference. Oh, yeah. Registration also opened this morning at 9 a.m. for the conference as well. And so if this is something that you are sold or you know somebody that would be sold on the idea, they can register now. Yeah, yeah. we're not bringing people to this conference because we want to feel really good about ourselves or because we find our value in people coming, but we want to equip young adults for the sake of mission. And so if you're hungry for mission, if you're hungry to transform your university or your world around you, uh, this is something you want to check out. We're going to equip you. In these last few minutes, friends, let's, I just want us to open our hearts. Um, You know, we've got a, we've got a game plan. We've got an invitation. And now uh, I I just want to invite us into a moment of conversion. We've been talking a lot today about how our hearts need to be properly motivated so that we can actually speak to a young adult church. 
And that word that we were sharing earlier uh, in the show about the fact that if I am ministering from a place of uh, my identity coming from my work, my identity coming from my involvement itself, as opposed to seeking to uh, minister out of my identity, I think that's where we come into a place where we're unwilling to give it away, where mm-hmm. we're unwilling to share it. Mm-hmm. So I, as, as, we, as we close the day, um, let's go ahead and begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we love you. And God, we love the, the mission that you've given us. We love the example that you've set for us. And Jesus, as, as, we, as we draw to mind right now all of the young adults in our own lives, all of the young adults in our parishes, all of the young adults in our families, especially those who have been uh, underserved, uh, ineffectively engaged, God, especially those who are struggling with the faith, I pray that you would give us your heart for them now. Mm-hmm. Jesus, show us how you love them. And God, in, in, a, in a powerful moment of uh, potential conviction, Jesus, I pray that you would convict our hearts now of any way where through my behavior, through my engagement, through my identifying myself with my leadership, that I failed to actually equip them to be able to carry the call that they're worthy of receiving. God, show me opportunity that I might be able to invite young adults, whether they be in my family, whether they be in my church, whether they be in my ministry programs that I'm involved in, to step into a role of greater leadership. Mm -hmm. And God, give me the conviction to do it. Friends, I, I, play, I pray God's blessing on you today. I pray that God would come and fill you with his spirit, that the Holy Spirit would come and inspire you to be convicted to act, to be convicted to put your life down on the line. Jesus calls us into greater relationship with him. And I pray that as the words in today's show have burned in your heart, that that, 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 that burning would, re, would result in action. Jesus, that that you would draw us into closer relationship with you so we could learn to love like you loved, learn to do what you did. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, uh, we we pray right now that you'll convict us of our need for you all the more. And friends, if if you want to just join join with me in prayer, that Lord, we we want to give you direct, the role of director in our life, that we want to give you the role of Lord of our life, that you would teach us how to love, that you'd teach us when it's time to raise others up, when it's time to send others out, and that you'd, you'd give us a new grace and a new sense of, of mission in our own lives, that we could join with them in that cause. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us for Beyond Damascus. This is the show where encounter meets mission. It has been an awesome show. If you want to check this out on the rerun, you can catch us uh, here on St. Gabriel Radio or EWTN or 
You can catch this podcast wherever podcasts are found and downloaded. Just look us up, Beyond Damascus, and uh, continue to uh, check out the, the work here at Damascus ourselves, particularly the Encounter, the Empower conference that's coming up, damascus.net slash empower. Uh, that's happening here in Central Ohio at the end of December, going on into January. And we will catch you here on the radio next week. God bless.